Sportsnet Today with Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Feels a little bit different today. Welcome to Sportsnet Today. I'm Aaron Vickers coming at you live from the Doug Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Flying solo today somewhat. Somewhat. I'm not willing to claim full solo flight here. Logan Gordon got drafted to the big show for a one-morning-only appearance. So I thought, nobody wants to listen to me talk for a half hour straight. I don't have that much interesting to say. The guy I'm looking at... Might. Who better? Who better? Nobody. Right. I, I even made them do that. Right. That was prearranged. And that was not even on, like, I'm not snapping my fingers making it happen. It was, no. It was happening. It was impromptu, yeah. but pre-planned. You didn't know it was coming. No clue. Ladies and gentlemen... Brent Cron. Hey. How you doing, buddy? You know what? This is weird sitting in, in this chair. Well, because I've been, I've been, you know, filling in, uh, doing the old odds and sods yeah. for, for quite a while here at this station. Never sat in this chair before. You sat in, is that the last one? Have you completed the set? No. I've completed the, uh, well, I, I wouldn't even call it a circuit. There's three chairs. I've sat where you're sitting. Yeah. And I've sat, and nobody can see where I'm pointing, but right there. But I never sat in Russick's chair. I haven't. They were bucket list item for you. It today. really is. I'm, it, I'm really happy to to accommodate that to facilitate that. It's actually uh, the confidence that it exudes. Just sitting here, you know, it, it's really it's uh, it's remarkable. And uh, you know, I might just grab the reins here and uh, get going. Well, before we get going, I want you to have like your two or three minutes of of bragging of boasting because the last time I saw you was live in the flesh at Targets for Kids Brian Burke's uh, charity event. Oh man, you know what? It's so funny. So I, I I'd done that a couple of years prior, and then I went back again this year, thankfully, because they 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 sent a note saying, "Hey, would you love to do this?" And I said, "Absolutely, I'd love to do this." And I, I'm not a big gun shooter, slinger, slinger, right? I'm not a big gun. You wouldn't slinger. know it. You wouldn't know it by looking at me. Of course, you'd you look at me and you're like, obviously, this guy's super talented at everything he does. Having said that, uh, I went and I was with the uh, just such an amazing group of like these guys don't lose. You know, we're shooting. Uh, what is it? Uh, we get uh, 25 shots, essentially, each. And we kind of switch positions. We're, at, we're in uh, out in Dewinton there, right? Mm-hmm. And these guys don't miss. They're just everything. It's, you know, like 25 shots each. And, you know, they're all checking with each other. It's like, oh, I know, uh, you know, I got 24, 25, 23, or 25. One guy gets 22, and they're like, ah, oh, it's a bad day for you. Hey? Cool. Like, oh, yeah, tough. What, what's the matter with you? Like, we're here to win this thing. 88% ain't right. going to cut it. And then for me, it's like, well, I hit eight. And they're like, great job, man. Way to go. <laughs> You're, you're doing great, right? And then, and then the next round, I hit six. And, you know, they're equally complimentary. They gave me a, 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 you don't call them bullets, do you, in a shotgun? It's like whatever the... Rounds? Rounds, thank you. And so the, he gave me a, uh, uh, a little holder for my belt, like I'm Clint Eastwood, to basically hold my shotgun shells. Game changer? So I don't have to bend over to pick them up every time. I can just put them in, you know? It's yep. a break action, 12-gauge shotgun. And it, these guys just made me a champ in six seconds. So I did poor with them. Like, I brought them down. And they, they, they're too classy to say it. But I brought them down. And then we go to the Annie Oakley at the end. A celebrity Annie Oakley, if just, you will. Just so you know, because again, when he points, you can't see it. When he does air quotes, right. you can't see you it. Can't there was full-on air quotes Full-on air quotes. And there's 30 of us. You know, and there's, there's some high-profile guys. They're not saying that that translates to great shooting. We know Cedar Strand was out there. He guess he's won that Uh-oh. competition. You know, Four two, of the past six years, I believe right. it was. Two in a row leading into last week's event. Right. And, and four or six. 
you know, and I picked him out of a lineup right away. And I was like, you know what, this guy, he's so cocky when he walks into it. People know who he is. He's like, oh, he won the last four to five years. And, uh, like, and he's in such good shape, like, too, what? which is rude. And the man is made of stone. Yeah. And so, you know what, what, what comes to my mind is like, well, you know, a guy like that, you know, he's humble, he works hard, overcome adversity, great athlete, excellent marksman. It, it, I took it upon myself to knock him down a peg or two, right? And uh, I did knock him out squarely by default. And, and he thought he was in the four position. I was in the four position. So he misfired and they, can, oh. and they canned him. And uh, he came up to me afterward and, and he wanted to crush me into a cube, I think. And he probably could. He probably could have. Again, it, stone. It, I would have put up a fight. But the man, he's, you've seen him. Oh, yeah. But I said, hey, listen, just play by the rules. We wouldn't be in this problem, right? Like, hey, far be it, I'm not enforcing them. I just adhere to them. And you got a little carried away, right? And I think I was, uh, I was single digits. There was 30. I hit the first three targets for as poorly as I did in my first 50 shots. I nailed four in a row after, like, when it counted. So what you're saying is you're clutch. Clutch. You're a playoff performer. You know and I do need a bit of noise in the background. I do need a bit of a... Uh, you're full on Happy Gilmore, a chirp. up the... Well, even a chirp. Somebody tells me I can't do it, because spite is an excellent motivator, right? If somebody says you can't do something, it's like, well, let me show you what I can do, right? And then my team essentially is looking at me as they're watching this whole thing, and they're like, who are you? Uh, this is what we experienced here for the last three hours this afternoon. And, you know, they obviously contributed to my success. But we ended up winning the whole thing. You know, I lost to Annie Oak. I mean, I didn't, I'd lose it. I didn't have it. It wasn't mine to lose because I was bounced. I was like eighth or ninth guy gone out of 30, mind you. But uh, our team collectively, as a team, won. No big deal. I mean, if any time we should have had that applause queued up, right? It was right there. Right now. Right. It's like we're in a banquet hall and somewhere in like, you know, small town Saskatchewan or Manitoba was like eight people there. It's like, please. Was, Just the polite. That's the joke. Please laugh or, or, or give me a clap. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's switch gears. Um, we'll stop pumping your tires and, and what a great shot you are. For a second. For a second. Let's talk some Flames goaltending. Those that are listening may or may not be aware of the fact that you had a uh, career as a goaltender. Right. First round pick. Obviously. Expert now. Clearly, where are you? let's uh, let's let's play fast and loose with the rules here because it's me. Yeah, it's you. We can we can do this. We're in the tree of trust here. Exactly. Nobody else is listening. It's just you and me. Where do you want to start? And I'm going to give you a little direction. Okay. You want to go Markstrom first, or you want to go Wolf first? You pick the name, and then we'll go from there. Markstrom. Okay. Throw out last year, mm-hmm. which I'm certain he's willing to do. Which everybody is willing to do. Throw out the year before, when he was the runner up for the Vesna. Because if you're going to throw out the low, you got to throw out the high. Agreed. Who is he? He's a 9-12 save percentage over the four years prior. Right. Put on your predictor's cap. Over or under the 2023-24 season, his save percentage at 9-12. This and year, what does he need to do to get back to it? Honestly, I think this year he'll be over it. I do. Um, he strikes me as a guy, and this is my opinion once again, nothing more. He's a very emotional person, right? You see him in the net, everything, when you know you know he's struggling, there's no uh, holding back at the, early on in the season. I think they were playing the Jets, and I can't remember, I think it was Dubois, or I can't even remember who came through the, the crease, and he kind of tried to kick trip him, and he mm-hmm. was frustrated, and you can see him breaking sticks over the boards, and 
And I mean that that's who he is, you know, and, and that's fine. There there are goaltenders that can play with that certain type of emotion. I mean, me growing up as a kid, I remember watching Eddie Belfort lose his marbles. I played my very first pro game against Tim Thomas in the American Hockey okay. League. And he we we lost four three, but I mean he pushed the net off after goal three that we scored on him. He pushed it off and he was just losing his mind. I'm like, who is this guy? I have no clue what's going on. Right. There are there are guys that can play with emotion, but there's not many of them. And Markstrom, to me, does not, he does not strike me as a guy that can play with emotion, even though he's full of it. We all are. You, you can just see where he's at mentally by just looking at him. And so this, this past season, nothing went right. And, and if you're going to, I don't know how, to, how else to, 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 I don't know what other word to use, but sulk. And it's not sulking. He wasn't feeling sorry for himself. But you could just, if you're in a dressing room, or you're you're in, you're in a cl- close group of buddies, right? Okay. And you sit there, and somebody's going through a tough time, and he's kind of dragging the group down. And once again, I'm not saying Markstrom is doing that, but as a good friend, you're essentially going to rip your buddy apart. You're going to find the 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 hole in the armor, and you're going to go after it because you know at the end of the day, we need you to be better, and we're not going to allow you to feel sorry for yourself. And ultimately, if you're really struggling and you're having a tough time, your buddies are always there for you, but they also know when you're kind of being a whiny little whatever. And for me, with Markstrom, not being in the room, not communicating with anybody in the organization, I just saw it, the way I took it was, is he was just frustrated with the way he was playing, and it was coming out in ways that makes him look mentally weak. And and then compounded with how how Daryl operates, and I mean, I, once again, never played for him in the National Hockey League, but I've been around him long enough, where there's an expectation from a starting goaltender. And Markstrom had a hell of a season the year before. I think he played 63 games. or six, like He played. He a, was up there. He played he, a lot. He Darryl did play plays his guys. Yeah, for sure he does. And, and rightfully so, because Markstrom was great. He was awesome. And But when things are going well for you, and, you know, and, and especially the first half of the season too, right? Like it was the first half of the season. He was on fire. And then they had that COVID break where he was able to kind of rest. and well, not rest, but he had some time off, had an injury or two or whatever, and came back and wasn't nearly as on top of the world as he was, but he started the season off phenomenal. And then, you know, the, the Flames finish off the season and they lose to the Oilers in uh, it, basically getting outscored, right, at the end of the day. And so you sit there and you're like, okay, he's, he's frustrated. You can see it. And, and, and just from me being the way, I, the way I played, watching goaltenders, like I basically only watch the goaltenders when I play hockey. It's hard for me not to pay attention to other stuff. But you'd like to see him be a bit more mature in handling that emotion. Because the matter he got, the worse he got, not better. There's, there's, there's a handful of guys that can get more mad and be better. And there's, that's, but that's the exception to the rule. Let me ask you this. What season did you exit in your career feeling like you needed a total reset? And, and what does that summer look like? Does it, is it something where the past 300 days eat at you because you weren't at your best? Or is it something you can flush? Because this is now what Jacob Markstrom's tasked with. It's taking what had happened, either flushing it or using it as fuel, and moving forward. So from your perspective, can you relate to a time? Absolutely. And, and it's when I left the Flames organization for my whatever millionth knee surgery I had. But I was in, I, mentally, I was immature. You know, I, I, I had had success at the junior level. It's at the start of my career, the first season for sure, second season... I was getting into injury problems, but I wasn't really good. You know, I was just trying to play catch up nonstop. And you and you you sit there and you you can 
play the victim. You can say, well, this is being done to me and, you know, I can't believe I'm injured. And I'm not saying, you know, obviously Markstrom's not injured, but, you know, the team's playing better in front of the back of goaltender. And before you know it, you've kind of psyched yourself out to the fact, well, hey, you know what, I I was this number one goaltender and now I'm I'm a shell of that and how do I get back to it? And, and you know, you can use negative things in your life to motivate you and, and, and that works for a little while, but but being a goaltender or, or quarterback or a pitcher, but it's obviously I can only speak for the goaltending position. It's you have to have the ability to be able to park stuff. You you have to, you, it doesn't matter what happens as good as you are. You're going to let in a bad goal. There's going to be a bad break. It's going to go off your defenseman skate. It's, there's going to be a momentum shift and you have to be able to forget about stuff. And a season like last year for as many games as Markstrom has played for as long as he's been around that year, you don't, you don't, that's not fuel for you to be better. You know you're better. You park that. That's done. It's a fresh start this season. Whatever he's got to do this summer, whether it's, you know, I mean, obviously he's in, keeps himself in great shape and like most players do now, it's not even an option. When my when, when I played, it was, you know. You could take a month off? You could take a month off and, you know, perhaps, you know, run a few laps in the backyard. Like, oh, this is tough. You know, it's it's, it's muggy here in Manitoba. I'd say I'm starting to sweat a little bit more than I'd like to. I'll just head back to the lake. But, uh, you know, things have obviously changed since then. Um, having said that, he's just got to wash it away. That's all he's got to do. He knows he's, like, we all, he's a, he's a really good goaltender, but that doesn't matter. It's consistency that matters. And if you can't be consistent at the National Hockey League level, you know, you're, you're a backup goaltender. You're a 1A, 1B guy. I believe Markstrom to be a number one guy. I do. I really do. But is he top 10, top five, top three? That's... I think he's top 10, right? As a number one guy, you can put him in the net, but you almost have to treat him. Um, you got to communicate with him. He's not one of those guys you can just kind of put in a box and keep in the dark and just, he's not going to operate uh, um, on his own. You got to yep. communicate with him, right? How is it different coming into this season for a goalie with a new head coach or is it the same because the goalie staff is returning as well? Does that affect anything? Does the head coach, how much does the head coach affect the starting goalie nowadays when you have an actual goalie staff that you're working with day in, day out? Well, Husky has been with that organization forever. Yeah. So for him to move up to the head coach position, I think means nothing for Markstrom. I don't. Um, the, the Flames know what they have. And Markstrom has played enough games where he's allowed a bit of a break here. Even though they're never going to say it, you, you hold him to a high standard. We all do as fans for sure. But you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt for the most part. But if, you know, however the Flames start the season, I mean, I'm sure they're going to have three goalies. Why wouldn't they? They have no obligation to Wolf right now, even though he's doing phenomenal. I'd like to see him in the Flames jersey at the start of the season. Oh, I would, but that's not going to happen, I don't think, because he's got another year in the American Hockey League. Yeah, so he's got, waiver L- Right. He does not require waivers right. to go down to the age. And I've been in that position before too. And I'm not, I was nearly putting up the numbers as Wolf. And you just know, it's like, oh, well, you know what? Hey, guess what, buddy? This, this kind of works Simple out. Simple math. Yeah, contractually for you. You're going back down to the minors and everybody's going to babysit you and make sure your feelings are okay. And it's like, well, I'm not playing in the NHL, so it sucks. But who knows what's going to happen at training camp? You know, and, and you don't, you know, injuries can happen. There's, there's circumstances that come in where, you know what? Having, being patient and seeing what happens is, is, is best for the organization because there's no gun to their head. They can just right. operate. They're not going to lose Wolf if they send him down. They're not. He's not going to get claimed off waivers. Nothing. So they're they're in the driver's seat on this one, but that won't last for long, in my opinion. And and uh, to back to your comment about Huska being the the head coach and 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 you know obviously having the same 
goalie group with LaBarbera and Singlet and all those guys. Um, I don't think nothing's changed. I just, I just think for, for, for Markstrom's approach, he's just, he's got a relationship with Husky already. I'm sure they've spoken. Yeah. Right. Like that's, uh, that's no brainer. Markstrom's their starter. Duh. Right. Vladar, we're going to try and get something for you and we're going to try to bring Wolf in, but it doesn't happen to happen tomorrow. And, and how long that takes is something that I, I, uh, I would, if I'm in, Wolf's position, if I'm in his headspace being 22 years old and have accomplished what I've accomplished in the last four years, obviously he's got, he's looking his chops, getting a chance. He got a, he, I didn't think he'd actually get a game last year with the Flames. Even. Well, and when he did, it was game 82 of right. the season when he'd already been eliminated. Right. So it's kind of a freebie right. jump So ball you're situation. not even looking at what you have because it's, he could have lost eight, nothing or one, one, nothing. And, and nothing it, changes. And nothing changes. Right. Um, but, but having said that, being in Wolf's mind, mind space, it's like, well, you know, he knows he's on a two-way deal. So he's, yep. So in that situation, because you were in it, he should already be mentally prepared for the fact that he's not going to be a full-time NHL no, or pending, well, pending a transaction or an injury happening. In his mind, he's going in trying to take Markstrom's job. In my mind, I mean, you, you kind of put the logic out of it. You're not going in with logic. You're going in with, I'm better than everybody else. That's what you have to do in, in his position. And he's, he strikes me as a guy that already knows that, right? Um, he's got one NHL game under his belt, right? Markstrom's got whatever, 300 and some or something like that. So you're not just going to go in and beat him out in training camp, but you have to go in with a bit of swagger, a bit of arrogance, not being a jerk, but you're But here, you have to be confident you to play that position. You have to be 100% confident because just because everything's laid out for you, and it look, well, it looks like they're going to deal Vladar, and I'm going to be backing up Markstrom. But when does that happen? So what is it? So now they can't they can't find a deal that works for the Flames for Vladar until December. So so you're going to have to play in the American League for two and a half months. That that in his mind that, that that's going to suck. I don't want to be there, even though he's going to be like, yeah, I know, toe the line, you know, it's standard line. It's like, oh, I know, I'm just here for the team. Blah 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 blah. He's got to be patient, and he's got to be mentally strong enough to be patient. He's got to men- be mentally strong enough to wait. Or he goes into training camp, and something happens, and he's he he's backing up where he's starting, right? So that's that's the that's the mentality. So talking to Jordan Siglet at Flames Development Camp, talking to Craig Conroy, they both fully realize Dustin Wolf needs NHL games this year, and we've kicked it around you, myself, and and Pat Steinberg about how does that happen? How does it look? And Pat's idea of, well, what if you spot started him? You have the AHL team in the same city as the NHL team. So feasibly, you can do this. You're not looking at flights. You're not looking at travel. How do you feel about a situation where maybe he gets 15, 17 games in the NHL, but it's a, we're going to call you up before the game. We're going to send you down after the game situation. And then, of course, you're going to manage all the other things you need to, the rest and relaxation and recovery and whatnot with the Wranglers. But how do you feel about that spot start scenario where you're you're I was gonna say airlifting him in to the crease, but really he's just crossing the street from from another room? Uh, you know what I I can understand why I'd be talked about. If I was him, I'd you, you take what you can get. Any game in the National Hockey League is worth it. However, the the, the organization wants to run it, I think it would be uh, useless. I think it'd be dumb. It would drive me nuts. Uh, you'd be better off getting rid of Vladar. You're not going to play it safe the whole way through. You eventually have to make a decision. That might be the way it starts the season, but that, that, that's not a, a full season uh, solution, right? You can start it maybe, perhaps, 
But dropping him in like that, I mean, you're you're going to end up anytime you have three goalies on one team, right? It it's weird. You, you have the designated starter, so you know it's Markstrom. It's he he decides to go out and craft the bet a couple times. Well, then who's back? Oh, then it's Vladar. It's, you know, you're you're creating. You know, we 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 love internal competition. We want guys working against each other. I mean, for the betterment of the team. But after a while, it's like okay, like you know, what, what are we doing here? It's like it's it, it's. It can work for a little bit. That's what training camp's for, in my opinion, right? Who's the best? Who Who's ready to go? Who's doing what? But Vladar's got a bunch of NHL games under his belt now. You still don't have a sample size for him to be a number one guy. He's been a 1B guy. He's been able to come in and play number one minutes for a short period, not minutes, but spots for a short period of time. They didn't. I felt they didn't go back to him enough last season, but it's easy to say now. But he's got a bit of a pedigree in the National Hockey League. Wolf doesn't. Markstrom does. Ladar does. So what are you what are you gonna do here? You're gonna drop in Wolf if Markstrom and Ladar can't stop a beach ball this season? Then all of a sudden, okay, you can do that, sure. But there's a the the mental aspect of it. Every time I was on the ice with three goalies, it drove me insane. I wanted to just throw my stick over. This is this sucks. I'm sharing the net with a guy, can't get into a rhythm. Who's starting? I'm getting bag skated afterward because I'm the third guy or the second guy. Oh, so the second guy doesn't play. He's backing up. But am I working as hard as a third guy to stop all the shots from the guys that aren't playing? Where do I fit in? And pretty soon, you I mean, aside from the number one guy, the bottom two guys are just going back and forth. And I just, I think it's 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 useless. I want to ask you about another Flames goalie. Good. Some news drop. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if you caught it. And this is the real. Well, I wanted you because you're a beauty, but I wanted you to come on the second. I actually fought earlier this week to not have you on so I could keep you to myself Smart. selfishly. Selfish man. Because, yeah. hey. If you don't look after yourself, who will? Well, I feel like Brent Cron would. Absolutely. Because you're that kind of guy. Yeah, heart of gold. Mika Kiprasov, number going to the rafters. I do believe it is March 2nd, 2024 against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, man, that's awesome. What, uh... What's your initial reaction when that drops as Brent Cron, I, the I, man? I, I, I was on the golf course and I, and, I, and I got the flash come across my phone. I'm like, that is awesome. I'm so happy that they did that. Because Mika Kiprasov, I mean, we all want to watch him play. Yeah. How, what he meant to this organization. Like he, and anyone, his interviews are awesome. I heard him on the morning show the other day and it was just like nothing had changed. Like, how do you feel about getting, you know, oh, that's pretty cool. Next question, right? And you sit there, and, and when I was a kid, remember in the hockey news, there was uh, uh, Elston's NHL. Yep. And he had, yep. and he had you know, all these, he, 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 I remember one where Theo Fleury being a short guy, he would decorate the Christmas tree, and it was always the bottom, bottom third of the, you know, I was like, oh, I know Theo Fleury Christmas tree. And, and then I remember the one that I got a real big kick out of was uh, the Mika Kiprasov emotional roller coaster. <laughs> And it was just a straight line with people with their heads down. Just like, there's no, there's, we're not having fun, right? Because it's just his emotions, whether he was emotional or not, which he was, but you could never see it, right? right. If he was having a bad day, or, you know, and that was the, always the, 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 the amazing thing about him. And, and, you know, I've had so many good goalie coaches throughout my career. And just being around Kippersoft for the short period of time that I was, I was a black ace in 2004, right? I didn't have much interaction with him, but I was around the team. Right. And going to training camps with him and being called up here or there, um, being around him and his approach to the game, um, it it honestly for me how I was wired I was the, the hamster would run a hundred miles an hour in the wheel upstairs I could I couldn't stop thinking about who I was playing against 
what hand they shot, if they're a passer, if they're a shooter, where they are set up on the like everything. It's just it's 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 got to be a, you know you're seeing numbers in your head, but none none of the, but none of it adds up, right? And his approach was is just he was on the outside at the very least, was just so calm and cool and collected. And I tried to when I left the Flames organization, I remember just sitting there like the way Kiprasov plays the position, and there was such a Finnish infusion too when he was around, right? Right. Calm, cool, collected. You couldn't tell what the score was. It could be, you know, they could be getting blown out or they could be tied or it could be an overtime and you look at his face and you have no idea what the score was. Never. And that was always something that I took away personally from myself trying to apply it to my game, even though it wasn't nearly <laughs> at the level he did. But you'd watch Fewer it. though, let's be clear. Fewer. A hundred percent. So I, I remember having the NHL package playing the minors. Every time the Flames were playing, when I when on a night that we weren't, I would be watching Kiprasov play. And and the impact that he had on my career with the way he, from his style, the way he held his glove, to the way he moved, to how he, you know, in the warm I mean, watch him in warm up, and you know, he would just sit there and watch the other team at the blue. You know, I remember his. You know, he he would at home especially. He would go up to the red line and, at the home bench, and he would put his elbow on the boards, and he'd have water, and he'd watch a team just shoot. And he just looked like he was going to work. You know, it's like, hey, you know, I grab my lunch pail. And it's I'm, gonna go, I'm yeah. just going to go, you know, run a crane for a 12-hour shift tonight and come back home. And uh, and his teammates knew how much of a competitor he was. And and being around him for, for like I said, a very short period of time, what he meant to this organization. And, you know, a good goaltender can mask huge a, lot. a ton, yeah. right? right? And, and make a bad coach look great. Can, you know... It, he literally, uh, I mean, it's, it's extreme. He didn't save this organization. But but without him coming over from San Jose that year, they, they weren't even making the playoffs, right? They got him from San Jose. They got in by a point or two, and they went on a crazy run, and they were a, an, an upper echelon team in the Western Conference for as long as he was in net. And the ability, the way he could bounce back from a poor performance, which wasn't very many, a bad goal, or just completely dominate a game, you know, I, I it's funny because the, the the NHL switched. Uh, they they started attacking goalies for the size of their gear, right? So I think that the width of the pads when I played for the first couple of years in the American League was twelve inches, and then they dropped it down to eleven inches. And I remember thinking, you know what, like this Kippersoft guy is phenomenal, you know, and and I'm a, I'm much bigger than Mika, so I'm like, you know what, the smaller they make the gear, the better I look because he's super small. Right. Not, and he wasn't super small, but he was smaller than me, right? Well, compared to you, yeah. Comparatively. You size, and he was, what, six, six one. Yeah, maybe, right? So comparatively, yeah. I'm like, you know what? That's great. I can't wait for this whole new rule to come in. Shrink the chest protectors, blockers, gloves. Shrink it all, because I'm going to get a chance here to play. And he, it didn't even phase him. And I remember you know, going back to the minors every single year, and it's you, you'd be warming up down there, and... The guys you got you got used to playing against the same guys that get sent down forever, and they're like, "Yeah, I know. Hey, Mika's pretty good goalie, hey." And like, "Oh man, he's just he's killing me right now." Like, you know, I I want a chance, and maybe I'd start training camp, and it'd be like, you know, we'll see if we can fit you in, and you know, but you know, Mika's gonna. But he played seventy six so games. So what you're saying, games. what you're declaring right now, is he ruined your career? He crushed me. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. yeah no, he buried me. Uh, and you know, I've never really had a chance to tell it to his face. I'm sure he really doesn't care. But uh, I. He, when they brought him on, I'm like, wow. And I and I'm a, like I'm a giant fan. Like I was even showing when when that notification came out and 
you know, the, you know, the, the old Kippersop highlights are coming out about, you know, the saves he would make and all that kind of stuff. And I remember, you know, I was chatting with my boy who's 12, who's goalie, and I'm just like, this is pretty much, for my money, one of the best goaltenders I've ever seen in my life. Right. You know him better than I do. When he did his media avail with us, he revealed that he has not played goal since his final NHL game. For sure. That doesn't surprise me at all. Two, he doesn't have gear. <laughs> his gear was lost in the flood yeah. that year, and yeah. he never doesn't care. never bothered to replace it. No. You're done with that. You know what? Like, and good on him. Because, you, you know, you, you go to so many charity events, and I'm a guy that's still hanging on a tad. Like, you know, I never made it. I was there. I got a cup of coffee. And I don't like playing forward as a goalie because I can't skate. I can skate, but not fast. I can't skate in player skates. It's, it's goalie skates. I look ridiculous. I got nothing to add. I got unbelievable vision and a pretty solid shot. But it takes me some time to get there, right? You know, I'm a, more of a setup guy. But, but I literally, when I go to these tournaments, you know, like, like there's, you know, guys like Curtis Joseph, they show up, they're playing forward. Kelly Rudy, they're playing for it. I was at uh, an Oilers versus Flames alumni game in uh, in uh, Lloyd Minster in our, last October. Walking Gage playing forward. All these guys that play goal are like forward, 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 forward. I want nothing to do with that red light going on behind me. And for a guy like Kippersoff, who played as many games as he did for as long as he did, the guy's never going to put his pads on ever again. And nobody can blame him because it's not. It, it's it's as fun as it is. It's actually zero fun. It takes a lot out of you. And I I don't mean to be rude, but I will <laughs> for sure bring this up every single time you sit across from me. Because as you mentioned, you do, for those alumni games and those charity events, you do still play goal. And it just so happens the last time that we played against each other. You score. I scored. Off your face? Off your skate? Off your I, body? I, I actually think it was a backdoor tap-in on a feed from Brendan Parker of Flames TV. And which is which is amazing because your lateral movement is still off the charts. It's deadly, yeah. Full uh, splits, no big deal. Everything right? you name it. I just probably thought Parker didn't have it in him to to look me off and go backdoor, right? I probably disrespected the 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 opponent I was up against, and I didn't think you could actually tap it into an empty net. I do there. I do remember there's a few other media types such as yourself that were a little, <laughs> were a little pouty uh, that ran their mouth on the show. There, there might have been that same game about three three-on-ones right. where that particular individual had the puck coming down what would be your left to your left. Correct. Uh, 0 for 3, 0 on, for 3. On, on shooting. Yes. 0 for 3 on maybe, you know, feeding it to someone else. He had zero points. I made sure he, he didn't even get a, a secondary assist. You know, and, and that was you know, much to his detriment. He thought he was pretty funny. And uh, you know what? Having a few drinks afterward, it uh, you know it ruined the relationship. It really did. He, uh, he he right then and there knew where he stood. Well, you know what? That will never happen with us right. because I respect the position. I respect the man. I agree. With and that. anything that should happen to just crawl over that goal line is just an added bonus. Yeah, really, it's all it is. Croner, amazing to have you in. The fact that I'm still here is remarkable. It's a testament to your longevity right. is really what it I'm is. I'm like an oak tree. Big, sturdy, and if we cut you open, we could count the rings? Maybe. Or just indestructible. Oh, right. that would make a lot more sense. Yeah, for sure. And there's a text line here going to a kid's ball tourney in Winkler. What's there doing Winkler? We have a liquor store now. World's your oyster, man. Now? It used to be a dry town. Oh. When, when I left, it was a dry town. What about the... Uh... We have a water park, too. A couple big water slides. 
It's amazing. Is it a full-on park or is it two slides that you put? No, a no, it's a full-on. It's a full-on park, and uh, you pick. You might, might want to pick yourself up some farmer sausage, a little Mennonite sausage down there. You guys are gonna have a great time. It's the best sausage you ever had. Because there was another text coming down the line here. Mennonite sausage from, from Winkler, Manitoba. The best. Ooh, we got a cam shout out on that. Yeah, incredible. Cron, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. At bcron three cron. Oh yeah, you can on find Twitter. Me there. I don't do much on there in the summertime. I have a lot of comments, but I just keep them off because uh, I wake up in the morning I'm like, oh, that would have been good or that would have been terrible. So I, uh, I've, I've slowed down on there. It's always good to have that second hesitation. I should, I should have to blow into my phone in order to make it work because there's, there's some days where I'm just like, this is it'd be hilarious. And I'm happy that I have a wife and children that say, hey, that's actually hilarious, but not for everybody. Right. Do you think you could set it up where it's like a two-factor authentication where you tweet it, but then your wife has to approve it? Right, and you have two keys. Yeah. You have to turn them at the same time and yeah. push the button. And if that all works out, it's obviously meant to be. I can't wait to see what you tweet next. Yeah, it's at Bcron. It'll take some time, believe me. Find I'm going it. camping next week, so we'll find out. Get out of here. we got to take a break. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. On the other side, we have outstanding producers Cam and Taylor set to do a little bit of a rant. A little vintage Vladdy, some F1 chatter, and who knows what else when we come back around the corner. This has been Sportsnet 960, The Fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Still trying to figure out what that beat is there, Cam. Uh, Welcome back to Sportsnet 960. I am Aaron Vickers. This is Sportsnet Today. Beautiful day in downtown Calgary. Beautiful conversation with the one and only Brent Cron earlier this hour. Now we're going to... You guys ready to do something a little bit different over there? I, uh, I think we're as ready as we're <laughs> going to ever be. Do uh, do we have a title? Do Is there anything we want to call this? Are we still workshopping it? Should we take suggestions at 960-960 on the text line? I think we can workshop this. We can take a few suggestions. Because all I have on the sheet here... And admittedly, this is my fault. The Cam and Taylor show. Yeah, I don't know that one. That's got to change. This is not a. This is not our show. A little, a little uh, ranting and raving going on. Is that is that what's going to happen here at the uh, Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Downtown Studio via Cam and Taylor, our outstanding producers for the day? I uh, I think what's going to happen here is we're going to present you with some topics that we feel very passionate about that may not you know, might not always break the main news cycle or, you know, hot takes or opinions we might have. And we'll bring it to you. Uh, we'll give you, you know, we'll make it bite-sized, very condensed and uh, get your thoughts. Maybe get the text line thought on some uh, things going around, things going on around the uh, the sporting world. So is this, is this a competition? Do I get to grade you? Do I get to determine a winner at the end with a fictional prize that doesn't exist? Like what's on the line here? Ooh, can We'll let you share your thoughts on kind of what we're pitching and how you feel about these certain things. You can share your take. Oh, it might be fun to integrate a winner. We're still workshopping this, but I think a winner could be fun. Well, I've already picked the winner. Oh, no. So I don't know if that's fair. <laughs> who uh, who lost the coin toss? Who's going first? I think I am. All right. Hit me with it. So 
In Formula One, Nick DeVries, a rookie driver, has been replaced by fan favorite, admittedly, Daniel Ricciardo. Daniel comes in after a season of not racing, being on standby for Red Bull, and is now taking a rookie seat in order to benchmark whether or not he's ready to come back to Formula One and perform. Is it okay that this rookie's season is being scrapped after 10 races to fill in Daniel Ricciardo? That is my question to you, Mr. Vickers. Who's better? Who projects to win more races? Daniel Ricciardo is a multiple-time race winner. He's a, he's a veteran who kind of has lost his touch a little bit. He was with McLaren for a little bit. He, he fell off. He's won multiple races. He's never won a world championship. He's never won the full driver's championship. And Nick DeVries, admittedly, has zero points. He's never scored in the top 10 in Formula 1. But he's raced only 10 Grand Prix and really has not got a chance to prove himself within Red Bull's junior driver program. And so in the realm of F1, because I will defer to you as my expert course, witness here, who's outraged by this? Um, the people, I think, who... Just can't. Just me. No, not just me. I think it's a minority who are outraged about it. Um, I think a lot of people who got into... Formula One via like Drive to Survive or some of the more mainstream stuff are probably very happy to see Daniel Ricciardo back. He's a great personality. He's a face of the sport. And, a, you know, everybody loves this guy. He's Australian. He's got the big nose, whatever. Great smile. All that jazz. <laughs> I, uh, I like how that's the defining feature of he has a big nose. He does. And I think... <laughs> I'm I'm on Daniel Ricciardo's side here. Yeah, you think... If he's If he's... If he's He's been in the simulator. They're, ha- they're happy about the results, but they're scrapping this young kid's career. He Can may not ever come back. Can I put this into a back. different terms for Vickers here? Yes. By all means. It's like Dustin Wolf. He hasn't been given mm. his shot. We put was, it in hockey terms. I like this. I was wondering if there was a parallel okay. between maybe a starting goalie who might have struggled for a point hmm. and a young prospect coming okay. up. Yeah, it's like if, if Dustin Wolf was playing for the Flames as their backup, and Markstrom, for example, had been benched last year because he was not playing it, like, at all, very well, right? Just consistently letting in stuff. It's a little similar to what happened last year, admittedly. <laughs> um, but, you know, say Dustin Wolf gets 10 games and then gets pulled and might not ever come back. So Kirkland from Chestermere on the text line at 960-960 says, Danny Rick is a better play in the long run for Red Bull. Agree or disagree? Mm, I don't see. I don't know because right now he's racing with the junior team or B team, Alpha Tower, because Red Bull has two teams. They have the A team, which is like Max Verstappen and uh, Checo Perez, and then the junior team, which is Alpha Tower. And now he's back with the junior team. I think basically what they're going to do is they're going to gauge whether or not he has the chops to come back up to the major team, which he was on before. But they're sacrificing this rookie who won F2 at his expense, basically. I'd also like to note the test, uh, the text line, pardon me, is refuting the Dustin Wolf comparison. True, I do like the it's Shane like Wright comparison. It's like Shane Wright not performing. I do like the Shane Wright replaced. comparison. Now, there's a significant difference. It's not as though... Yes. So, the kid re- being replaced is certainly not as highly touted a prospect as, as Wolf, for example. So, he but hasn't yeah. necessarily earned the right to retain his seat. As you mentioned, no. 10 races, no points. 
not all that time. True. But, you know, you want to let these kids develop. You want to let them see what they're capable of. Give them a full season. I don't the, know. The highest level isn't a development level. It's a results-based level. True. True point. So I am going... I'm going with the Wiley veteran looking to get back behind the wheel. Okay. I like it, buddy. I don't... You like the redemption storyline? I don't even think I'm a big sucker for redemption. But if you project to win more with the vet, then you go with the vet. Okay. I like it. Taylor, are you ready? If I have to be. I appreciate your enthusiasm. You're definitely scoring I, high right off the top. You know what? I was given this topic. Vickers put it on the rundown and made me do it. Well, so. that's because a little backstory. Peel the curtain a little bit. You were ranting about this, which sparked the whole segment as is. I think I just said, that's stupid. And then you <laughs> ran with it. You know, what? That's, you know what? That's the title. That's the title of this. That's stupid. Right there. I love it. Okay. Tay, you ready? Yep. All right. So Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has now been called that he's back into vintage Vladdy form. But can he really be vintage Vladdy if he's in his third full season in the MLB and hasn't really changed his game much since he was called up? Like, there's not big difference between last season and this season. So can he be vintage? And what's your argument? If there's not enough time to be vintage, right? If he's having the same offensive abilities as he has every other year, can he be vintage? So the question slash debate slash argument comes down to the fact of can a 24-year-old be called vintage? His performance leading into his 24-year-old season. I mean, he was a three-time All-Star. Gold glove, silver slugger. And if you aren't living up to those expectations, and then you find it again. But he is an All-Star. He was an All-Star this, this year. year. He was home an All-Star last derby champion. year. He'd never won the home run derby before. So would it be more fair to say he got his swagger back as opposed to he's performing at his regular vintage level? I mean, yeah. Where's where's the line? What how is, how exactly, old do you have to be? What is the what is vintage Vladdy? Are you basing it off of Vladimir Guerrero Sr.? Or are you basing it off of his record home run season? Okay, well, now you're just stealing my, my argument that I was going to kick down the road a little bit because there is a vintage Vladdy. It just happens to be senior, not necessarily junior. But can you take Vladimir Guerrero Sr.'s numbers and call what Vladdy Jr. is doing vintage Vladdy because they're two completely different people and two completely different players? The text line, I think vintage needs more time. We saw vintage Ricky Fowler this year, a 10-year resume. So is that that what we need? Do we need to establish a decade of... I don't want to say excellence, but a decade of performance before you can struggle and come back with now he's vintage player X. Are we, exactly. are we going to cap it at a decade? Like how much I think a decade time, is too how, long. how many seasons, full seasons does he need to have under his belt for him to be called vintage? 
or flip, his play to be vintage. Flip side, how long do you need to struggle for? But he hasn't been struggling very much. Well, what? How many home runs did he have in the first two months of the season? You know what? I could not tell you that. I don't. It was. I, I, can, do I, keep I can tell you that he. It, it wasn't flying over the fence for him. Like I know he wasn't getting them at home. Right. But then he hit this groove of hitting them, and he, like, just was. And now he's back to game. vintage Vladdy Guerrero. But can you like constitute it as vintage Vladdy if he just wasn't hitting home runs, but he was still having the at bats, getting the hits, doing all the other plays? Cam, where are you at this? Okay, so. I'm gonna preface this. I don't watch. I don't watch baseball that much. This is my first season. Who this man? I know. You want to talk about queuing up the Mr. Burns? Oh, you deserve it. Smithies, are they booing me? Uh, no, they're saying boo Burns. Boo Burns. So, but yeah, boo and me all you want. This is my first season watching uh, any sort of baseball, and especially the Blue Jays. Um, so I kind of have to take this in in context other than baseball. But if you think about like. I'm going to throw to basketball here because I know basketball. People will talk about players like Paul George and Derrick Rose at when they have highlight real performances, whatever, great seasons as vintage. Now, these guys are like 32, 33, 34. They're getting up there, and their primes are past them by about four or five years. At that point, once you've, I think once you've passed your prime as an athlete, that's when you can go back and say, okay. But Vladdy has not even hit his prime yet. Exactly. He's not at the best peak performance that he's ever had. Exactly. So I think vintage is way too soon. If this guy is, you know, 24, yes, he's had three great seasons and, you know, he's been elite. But it, you're talking vintage. This guy is continuing to write what prime Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is. And I think it is far too soon to use the word vintage if this guy is returning back to form and is heading into his prime. So did we just have Cam make Taylor's argument for her? Potentially. Hey, I said all these. He's just saying them again. Uh, so I, I know. I'm, I'm just saying when, uh, that Taylor is the winner of this little head-to-head tet-to-tet. Because Cam, you came... You came, you brought it, but you brought it on the wrong topic. I know, and I, I needed to, I think, preface my argument a little better. And I think ha- not having um, particularly a deep sense of F1, having to explain that to um, my fellow producer and host, uh, I think probably sabotaged me there. But what did we learn? Do we have a name from this little experiment? Do we have a format change? What uh, what are we going to do better next time as a team? We're going to take this segment. We're going to bring it in the locker room. Uh, we're going to think about what we liked, what we didn't. We're going to workshop it a little bit. Um, I'm going to get pucks in deep. Did you <laughs> give it? Did you give it 110? We were, you know, we were with a great group of people today. Uh, we put pucks deep. We uh, played hard. Um, Just need to play the 200 foot game. Yeah, Texan made some really good moves that uh, we had to account for and. You know, we made some changes in the playbook uh, at halftime, but, you know, we'll, we'll come back stronger and uh, we'll group us uh, five or three or however many people we are and uh, uh, we'll get the next one. I think that's an excellent idea and I think that's a great place to uh, cap the conversation. Hour one of Sportsnet today is in the books. Shout out to the lovely Brent Cron for joining us in studio. Shout out to Cam and Taylor for 
Talking? I don't know. For doing what they do? Producing? I don't know. Injecting a little F1, injecting a little uh, Blue Jays baseball and vintage Vladdy. Taylor's the winner. Victory lap in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems <laughs> downtown studio. I don't think there's enough room I'll to do a victory one. lap. <laughs> it's not exactly open space here. Lap around the block? Oh, there you go. There's like no... You go run to the no core circle. and back. There's desks everywhere. <laughs> there's no ability to do a circle in this you can studio. You can buy yourself a little trophy at the shoppers down the street and bring it back during the break. The little gold coins. Yeah. We will circle back after the break. We'll find out whether or not Taylor took her victory lap, whether she got a trophy. All this and more coming up on Sportsnet Today. This is Sportsnet 960 The Fan.